Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Broadcast on 102.1 FM in Brisbane, Oren Zed Digital. This is being produced live at 4ZZZ Studios, and you also might be listening to us on the Community Radio Network. This is Zed Games, the best radio show in the history of everything ever. There is no argument against it. You can't make one. It's not possible. My name is okay. Jack from Janin. Oh, wow. That's quite a rant you've gone on. Yeah, there, it was. You got angry halfway through that. I went a little bit on the front foot. I will. <laughs> I've got this. This I've got some cold brew going through me right That's now. Cool. It's cool. I'm enjoying it. I'm a bit on edge. Yeah. Thank you. I so, love every time you open the show, Jack. Ah, uh, I'm because glad. It's flip of a coin. Like I'm you know, glad someone does. Which side of the train is going to come off the rails? <laughs> Rest assured, the train will come off the rails. One of them will. Yeah. One side or the other. Anything could happen. Anyway, my name's Jack. I'm Razor, and I'm Lee. There you go. And we've got an entire show. <laughs> On top of that amazing intro, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, mm. holy God, it goes for an entire hour. What am I doing? <laughs> okay. We've got news coming up very soon, yes. um, but we've also got a review of No Man's Sky next. Yes. Re-review. Right. Yeah. yeah mm. We're returning to No Man's Sky by Hello Games, uh, going back into space, but we'll get to that later. Mm. I think you've also got an interview for us. I do have an interview for us. Um, that is with the owner of a store down at Rabina, Super Retro. Uh, it is a retro video game store. Typically, retro games is something you might find at a retro games market. Maybe cash converters, I guess. Um, but Or the past, <laughs> if you travel through time. <laughs> yes, true. I mean, we are in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, or your grandfather's basement. Yeah, sure. Um, wherever, you, where, wherever, man, wherever you can find them, between couch cushions sometimes. But this is an entire shop filled with retro games. Some newer stuff, but mostly retro games. So I'm going to be chatting to him a little bit later as well. But, oh man, news happened. What happened? The planned Minecraft movie has received an unfortunate setback, according to movie news website The Wrap. Um, Miguel... McElhenney? Rod yeah. McElhenney? Is yes. that how you say it? That's close enough. Who plays Mac on the popular TV sitcom It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, has reportedly left the project and is being replaced by the writing-slash-directing duo of Adam and Aaron Nee, who are also working on a reboot of Masters of the Universe. This leaves the film originally expected in May 2019 without a release date. I'm kind of more interested in this remake of the Masters of the Universe over the Minecraft one. I gotta okay. say, characters that I can, you know, latch on to. Like, uh-huh. the only character in Minecraft is, like, that sheep at the start. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know. There's some, like, creepypasta stories about Minecraft, but. Yeah. Hero Brian? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I've, I've done, I've, I've done Googling about Minecraft. You know, I was interested in the Minecraft movie solely because Mac was directing. Yeah. Mm. I knew that it would probably be a bit, you know, subversive or weird. Um, but without him, I'm, I'm, I've lost it. I don't care about the Minecraft film. I'm, it'll probably be a ripoff of the Lego movie. With bigger uh, blocks. Yeah, with big, <laughs> bigger blocks and. <laughs> And green right. ghouls and pickaxes and whatever the hell Minecraft has in it. Uh, but yeah, no Mac, no no ticket for me. Oof, rough. Yep. Yeah. 
A report by Kotaku has lifted the lid on an alleged sexist work culture at League of Legends developer Riot Games. The article's author spoke to 28 former and current female employees of the studio who experienced a culture of sexism and misogyny, which included people in management and leadership positions compiling and sharing lists of female employees they'd like to sleep with. Being, as well as being sent photographs of genitalia among work-related messages, email chains that detailed fantasies, naming... My goodness, it's a long sentence, right? Uh, <laughs> email chains that detailed fantasies, naming female co-workers and a female employee being refused a promotion after turning down the advances of her superior. The report also describes a bro culture where a senior employee would frequently grab his own genitalia and begin meetings by farting into the face of another staff member. A response from Riot Games said that the anecdotes in the article were explicitly opposite to its workplace culture. Quote, when we encounter any contrary behaviours, we dig in to understand, evaluate and address. We have a zero-tolerance policy on discrimination, harassment, retaliation, bullying and general toxicity. End quote. League of Legends is one of the world's most popular games with over 100 million active players. The company employs about 2,500 people. It's a pretty damning report there. Um, one of the interesting things that, about this that struck me was that some years back, League of Legends made a lot of noise about the fact that they were working to address the toxicity within the the culture that you know they had created in the amongst, player base. In the player base, yeah. they they went out of their way to try and address that and and you know implement you know fair rules, things where you could actually deal with trolls and, and address that sort of thing. Um, seems like you know. It, that wasn't. I mean, they had minor successes there, but obviously, it's still a pretty nasty environment. Um, is it? Do you think because they weren't able to actually, you know, clean house, that they were unlikely to be able to deal with that? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say to comment on the inner workings of the company, but it seems now that those efforts to clean up the player base may have been less than genuine. Mm. Uh, now that the inner workings of the company has been revealed and revealing a, a sexist, an allegedly sexist workplace culture. Mm. And, you know, some of the stuff that's described in the article is, is just horrible, like some of the things that, that you mentioned there, Jack. Farting into the faces of other employees. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to work in a place like that. The one question that I have is, I, I guess, with respect to... Like, you, you came across saying that it some of the efforts they had in, in dealing with their community because of this seems less genuine, do you not think that it might have been a matter of one department? Because if there's 2,500 people, that's a lot of people to employ, that there might have been people at the organization genuinely trying to make a difference because, like, League of Legends community has been known to be problematic for for a while Mm -hmm. and and that it it might just be difficult to mobilize 2,500 people. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that might be part of what's going on here instead of just saying... Riot Games is trash across the board. <laughs> like, like I, I don't want to, without going into detail mm. um, in the Kotaku article, and it is, it is rather long. Um, mm. if, if you want more information, I definitely recommend going into it because the reporter goes into a lot of detail. But um, it, it might not necessarily just be the company trying to do positive PR. It might just be difficult to, to mobilize an entire company. Oh, yeah. No, it's huge. But doesn't make, it doesn't make it excusable by any means. Yes, yes. I think it's more that... Um, you know, there's a culture is created by you know the the people that that do the hiring, the people that mm. that maintain the leadership, and clearly things have gotten out of hand yes. there. And I think that might have, um, you know, that that might have 
undermined any attempt to also do that in within their community itself uh unfortunately mm. but yeah it's uh it is a hugely damning it's eight thousand words um and it's just some truly startling stuff farting in faces at the start of a meeting is actually one of the more benign things actually yeah uh, <laughs> like if that's all they had to deal with you'd probably be able to isolate that you know just <laughs> you'd hope so you'd arrive late to a meeting i don't know <laughs> yeah, don't, do yeah. everything through slack but uh yeah um it's it's troubling uh hopefully it's something that they're going to actively address now that it's actually had a bit more of a spotlight shone on it mm. mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and in lighter news... Uh, the pronunciation of the acronym for Nintendo Entertainment System has been in dispute for over 30 years, but the debate has seemingly been settled by Nintendo themselves. Americans prefer to formally spell out the letters NES, although here in Australia we tend to say it with a syllabant S... Ness. 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 as an example, while those hailing from Britain prefer to say NES... Twitter user Kyle McLean unasked a screen found in the Japanese version of Wario Gold that contains the phonetic spelling of the word in Japanese that indicates NES is the correct pronunciation. I kind of always knew that, you know, in my heart of hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Australians were always correct. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. NES, it looks... I mean, there's no double S, but you wouldn't say NES. You wouldn't say NES. And spelling it out, NES, that's... That's like troublesome. It's too long. Yeah. You know, it's three syllables instead of one. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. It's clean. NES. Super NES. No, you see, that's... I hate that. Super NES. Super NES is <laughs> like, how many syllables is that? Eight? That's insane. Oh, uh, why is it a problem? <laughs> no. Why is this... Oh, but oh thank God for yeah. the lighter news. I'm so glad so, that, that we've resolved this, and now we've always been right to say uh, Super NES. But what? what about... Is it a SNES, then? Well, uh, it must be. Yeah. SNES. SNES. So Super NES, who says that? No one? Yeah. Do you say that, Jack? Oh, no. Super NES is the worst. I think that's really dumb. Okay. Super NES, I think, is clean. NES, I think, is clean because it's it's an acronym. Okay. Okay? I think it's fine. Right. NES is fine. NES, I'll take. Super NES, Super Nintendo. I think I I like Super Nintendo, actually. Super Nintendo, I think, is the nicest one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But Super NES is a joke. Get rid of it. I, I I might find myself saying that. Super super super. I nest. think I have said it before. I, would, would you would you be mindful? Would would you tr- like go out of your way to try and say it? <laughs> would no. you try and say super nest? Here's the thing: like if you're going to speak about a conversation, it just it just comes out. I think I'm going to adopt SNES actually and try and work that into as many conversations with you as possible. SNES Jack. is fine. SNES yeah? is a little sloppy, but like who, everyone gets a little bit sloppy sometimes. You know, see. Yeah. SNES is fine. Yeah. Super good. Nintendo, I think, is the best way. But like, obviously, calling the original Nintendo just Nintendo mm. is like yeah. as long as we all agree that you shouldn't say SNES at all. I oh, know, right? You know, we had a guest from Britain on the show, uh. and he said SNES, and everyone in the studio except for him recoiled. Yeah, um, <laughs> it blood was like, all over the, the walls. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a very prominent YouTuber. Ah. He does sarcastic videos. Yeah, uh, with who, a British accent. Who could that possibly be? I don't know. Anyway. Can't name names. Yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. But I'm really yeah. glad that we have that cleared up because you know, as an audio medium, yeah. Um, every time, important. every time we talk about the NES, mm. which is quite frequently because we're all old nerds, it always it always trips us up for like. 
a couple of minutes while mm. we work out the pronunciation. We agree We're, that it's Mega Drive, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Mega Drive. Uh, good one. <laughs> with, with blast processing. New and improved. My God, that is the news of the week. Believe it or not, you're listening to Zed Games. I'm Jack. I'm in studio with Ray and Lee. And earlier today, I visited a... Um, little place down in Rabina. Um, bit of a drive from Brisbane, I will admit, uh, but this is a pretty cool place. If you're into collecting retro games, typically you're going to a market, you're going to, like, you know, cash converters if you're unlucky, but Chris actually has an entire shop dedicated to this stuff. Chris, are you there? I am. How are you? Doing all right. Um, so, I guess for people that are unaware, what is Super Retro? Um, so yeah, um, Super Retro, um, we're a, a retail outlet, we're situated at um, Rabina Town Centre on the Gold Coast, and yeah, we just sell pretty much everything from um, the Atari right up through to current gen, um, we also um, refurbish, we do trades as well, so yeah, pretty much um, everything retro up to today. And so I, th- I think Super Retro has been around for a few years. How did the, the business kind of get started? Did you um, buy a lot of this stuff at, like, at that point in time? Did you have big collections? Like, wh- what, was, what was your interest in retro gaming, I guess, before Super Retro happened? Yeah, well, I was a, a, a big collector myself um, beforehand, and I just found that over the years um, it was getting harder and harder to find places that were actually doing this, and it was more sort of just... Um, private sellers online. Um, obviously, game traders and stuff started closing down um, across the country. So, um, me and my business partner, we had quite a lot of um, stuff ourselves, and we opened the store. It was obviously a lot less stock than what we have now. Obviously, we built up a lot through trades, but we just pretty much all had doubles from our own collection. Um, and yeah, just from day one, it just went off. So, um, yeah, we obviously, there's a, a big marker for this sort of stuff and the trades just started pouring in so now we've got to the the size of the shop that you saw today when you came in so mm. it's a pretty cool pretty cool place actually because um you, you've been sort of hopping around the robina town center for for a while due to a, a bunch of like temporary yep. licensing stuff and and all, all the rest yep. of that but the the collection of of games and gaming equipment gaming consoles is just so comprehensive um it's, it's, it's really, really fascinating to see all of that in one place. Um, I guess from your perspective, as, as someone who's there interacting with, with people uh, that are interested in this kind of stuff, um, what are some of the, the, the quirks you found in, in providing that retro gaming goodness to people at Rabina? Like, what were some of the surprises um, that, that you happened across when, like, in, in the time that you've had the store open as far as the customers are concerned? Yep, it was the biggest... Um, thing that we noticed really early on that was going, we needed to put work into was actually the refurbishing of consoles. So obviously, um, a lot of like the early model, um, disc reading systems. So like PS1, PS2, they, they start to have laser issues by now. You've got before they, um, flash save was implemented. So like saving like what's on a USB stick, they actually, the cartridges had a little save battery in them, like the Super NES and the Game Boy game. So, Obviously, we we learned that we had to be replacing all that sort of stuff. So the biggest um, stuff that was a surprise to us was just how much work is involved in actually getting this stuff to um, back to pretty much as new condition. So, um, but yeah, we um, pride ourselves on selling a quality product, so we're more than happy to spend the time 
um, refurbishing and testing and all that sort of stuff before we sell it on. What sort of uh, difficulty is there in uh, trying to ensure that the save functionality on, like, a, you know, a Mega Drive version of, uh, of, of you know, um, Davis Cup Tennis is, uh, yep. is still actually functional these days? <laughs> yeah, so if it's, um, like, it was about the 64 generation, so pretty much the last cartridge-based console, that's where they went to flash save. So, mm-hmm. like a USB stick, it'll... It'll always just save onto the cart. Yep. But predating that was battery save. So obviously batteries die. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once you just replace the battery, it just solders onto the board itself. They're, they're pretty much brand new again. So, and the batteries from today are obviously a lot better than they were in the eighties and nineties. So once we put a new battery in them, they should last another 20 years from today. So. Of the uh, again. of the retro consoles that you, you've dealt with, which, which of them is the most sturdy? Like, which ones can you be Nintendo. assured? What, the Nintendo? Which, any, any particular Nintendo? The Super Nintendo? Or? Nintendo 64. You'd have to try hard to kill one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Super NESs hold up really well as well, but Nintendo 64s, look, we've, we've sold thousands. We've only had one that didn't work, and that was one that was actually under someone's house during the Brisbane flood, and it was <laughs> underwater for about four days, and we couldn't bring that one back. But that's the only one we haven't been able to... Get working. Yeah, how about those analog sticks, though? I mean... Uh... Yeah, that's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah. Um, what we're doing to try and fix that at the moment, we're finding... We've only recently started doing it within the last month, but customers are loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a um, GameCube stick mod that we're doing. Uh, so there's yes. obviously some people that um, like the original stick. Mm, um, yeah. So we can, we can um, put a... It's an aftermarket stick. It's it's as close as to the original as you'll get. But a lot of people are loving the the GameCube sticks because you can play Mario Party and thrash the hell out of them, um, and they don't get sloppy. <laughs> right? Yeah, I can so, imagine. There's probably a lot of uh, Smash Brothers players also that are seeking you out for that because they yeah. buy those sticks up in bulk. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, definitely. Yeah, Smash Bros and Mario Party are killers for those <laughs> controllers. <laughs> And so, like, a lot of the stuff that you're getting into the shop, I imagine, because it's a, a lot older, you're not getting that fresh off, like, an assembly line of sorts. It's, it's for the most part, traded in. What are some of the weird things that you've had traded into your store from customers? Yeah, um, the weirdest thing we've had, um, we obviously um, couldn't accept it because it wasn't um, game-related, but um, one guy brought in a PS3 console once. Um, I opened the box. And there was a PS3 in there. But I'll, I'll just put a language warning here as well, just a language warning, because I'm aware of what's coming here. What was in okay. the box as well, yep. Chris? Um, it was, a, I'll put it in the, the probably, yeah, the um, least profan- profanity that I can. It, it was a penis pump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously um, we, we couldn't accept that. Um, but, um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't know that it was in there at the time. So he was, um, pretty shocked when I told him that we don't accept tradings of penis. He said it wasn't his bag, baby. (laughs) Yeah, that pretty much. (laughs) Was it you? No, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Um, so I guess as, as well, um, right now it's, it's for the most part just in, uh, Rabina, uh, Yep. It's not, it, like, do you just have mostly, like, customers or clients coming in from Rabina specifically, or do you have coming from a little bit further out? No, we've got, um, we get a lot of people that come up here um, on holidays um, from Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, even um, New Zealand as well that 
every time they come over, they'll they make sure to pop into the store. We post um, to New Zealand and um, yeah, like I said, Sydney and Melbourne pretty regularly as well. Um, but locally, probably what the most areas that we get people to drive up is we have a few customers that come up from Coffs Harbour and yeah, Brisbane. We get a lot of customers from Brisbane as well. But we are expanding. We will have a Brisbane store within a year. Um, and then Sydney and Melbourne to follow after that. So we're, we're very excited for that. Cool. Um, so if people are wanting to check out the store, I guess, um, Rabina Town Centre is the place to go. Um, do you have any online pages that people might be able to find you on? Um, we've got Facebook and Instagram at the moment. Um, we are in the process of, um, building an online website. We don't know. It, it won't have a shop. To start with, but um, it'll basically be what we have in store and all that. Um, but we will, we do have plans to roll out um, an actual online store um, shortly after that. So hopefully within a year we'll be able to, um, yeah, implement that. So all our interstate buyers um, will, yeah, just be able to click and, and go from there. So. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, Chris, telling us about Super Retro. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I'll leave you to it. Thanks so much for your time. Perfect. Thank you. Cheers. That was Chris there from Super Retro. Actually going to be talking a little bit more to that on a New Game Plus segment uh, broadcast. If you're listening to this near uh, Melbourne or Adelaide, it's going to be broadcast on C31 and C44. So if you want to see a little bit more of the shop visually... You can check it out on the New Game Plus segment. It's also going to be on YouTube. Um, but yeah, interesting store for sure. I had a really good time there. You're listening to Zed Games <laughs> with, <laughs> with me, Razor, the the shining light that feeds all, and the two peasants that toil under my heat. And I'm Jack wide on coffee. Is <laughs> what is what I am. All right, but Lee, yes, I hasn't am. said much this episode, but he's about to because sure. he's been playing. No Man's Sky next. I have, yes. Uh, so No Man's Sky came out about two years ago after a significant uh, marketing push from Sony to uh, mixed reviews, um, mostly as a result of, um, I think, a, 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 an untenable amount of, uh, of increasing player expectation uh, that was then sort of met with, oh, oh, yeah, this is, I guess this is, what they said they would do it's it is a game about being in space and having all of space to do whatever you want in in an infinitely uh generated space and and they delivered that but they didn't really tell you what you should do or where the game was within that um so they have two years on and now released a great big patch to coincide with the xbox um launch of the game i've been playing it on the the original playstation 4 which is the you know the flagship console for the thing and to clarify this patches across all versions yes yes that's right so it's also the pc version the xbox launches with this um, but some of the big features that uh, they've added into the game of exploring infinite space is that there's now a uh, sort of third person uh camera as an option which very much changes the feel of the things there's a completely uh changed economy there's a much uh improvement has been done to the graphics and the generation of their randomly generated worlds there's a whole new um early game flow there's a lot more um the randomly generated mission content towards the end there's there's more uh directed content 
um, more video gamey things to do within a game that is still very much about being on a planet and being like what where what what is all of this where am i why is the sky pink why why is the ground spongy what is that thing over there with the six legs and why is it on top of me uh i played a little bit of the original version of the game about six months after it had come out to get a sense of what it really was once the hype had been had died down i'd heard a lot of people talk about how it was a very calming almost therapeutic game you would just like be in space enjoying space vistas and then you would fly off when you needed to to do so and i you know got a sense of that but i didn't really care too much about the the grindy nature of it um and so getting into this meant that i didn't have terribly many preconceived notions about what no man's sky should be uh and so i think um my experience is pretty pure uh and and i i Not like hazed it. by hype exactly nor cynicism i uh, uh. Uh, it's, it's, like it's, cynicism generally it's or cynicism the, about like it's in the dna i i, I can't help <laughs> you it can't, yeah but um like overall i think this is a really positive set of improvements it really has reinvigorated the game uh and i think that anyone who you know desperately wanted to enjoy it but couldn't quite figure out where the fun was the first time around it's much much more in your face this time uh, i do think that there are still a bunch of issues inherent in the design and some that have kind of been stuffed in even further um so the game starts you off on a generally a kind of hazardous planet uh i had been hearing stories the week prior to me playing from people who are like oh man here's my luxurious ocean planet with these like gentle kangaroo friends i'm having a really good time here space is wonderful i started the game on a planet that was mostly made out of acid rain it's upsetting when you get a crappy planet yeah uh, yeah 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 I wait, was, is, is the acid rain planet bad or good this is bad good yes yeah just, yeah. just double checking yeah i don't like acid rain it's no good jack no one enjoys acid <laughs> that, rain that or it just being a desert yeah or when it's radioactive yeah 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 so i was acid rain planet um i was imperiled my spaceship had crashed i didn't know who i was i had to like work out how to get resources to get more resources to get more resources there is a it is a series of spinning wheels essentially to ensure that you can get the next spinning wheel uh and for the most part it camouflages that quite well but there are points where uh in the experience you are told that you know you need to find some fuel to recharge your mining gun so that then you'll have enough fuel to make more fuel to run your uh your life support system which will then allow you to go further to find the metal you need to make this the sounds- fuel for your spaceship <laughs> So that you can then hop in your spaceship and take off and go into space to get more fuel for the different engine within your spaceship. So you can go to another planet where you can get the other resource for the super special fuel that will allow you to leave the solar system. It is fuels all the way down. And How is this different from the original... They all have different names now. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you if you were found the the grind of fuel to get fuel to get fuel to get fuel uh, tedious in the first game, and I do, I really do. <laughs> um, that's that's still there, unfortunately. Um, but if you can look past that, and it is quite 
nice. So you, you, know, you just have to look around. Uh, just and, use your eyes. Yeah, and and you should be able to. They've they've padded the experience out a great deal in interesting ways as well. So they've gotten some really good writers to come in and uh, and provide a lot of extra narrative in the communication relays and things that you pick up in the game, in the conversations that you have with other aliens in space. Um, uh, in, with you know in, in space shuttles and and small bases that you find on planets, um, it does sort of feel like it has been pasted over the top of of a game. It feels quite unrelated to suddenly go from this uh, you know resource mining heavy game um, to then be in kind of a chooser and adventure dialogue with a, a grinning little like turtle lizard man. <laughs> But they're weird. They're weird NPCs, aren't they? They're all very weird, yeah. Um, but uh, I think that the there's an overarching narrative about mysterious signals uh, that repeat the number 16 for some reason that lead you across the, the solar system and beyond. And that stuff's really, really good. It's really compelling. Um, so I really thought that was good. But it doesn't tell you at any point uh, when you are getting off the tutorial train. Uh, which I find quite disconcerting. So I mean, it, it just feels like it goes on forever. Yeah, you are dragged around by a series of objectives in the corner of the screen, and <coughs> excuse me, it um, you know ordinarily games will, particularly large ones like this, um, you know you'll be dragged by the nose for a little while, and then the game will open up and be like, now go and find your own things to do. Talk to that guy. Talk to this guy. Is it never really feels like I never knew whether I'd finished the tutorial or not. And I still haven't, you know? And I've been playing for hours and hours. So that that is particularly strange and, and an odd pacing issue. Uh, uh, but I guess it's because, you know, they have a lot of additional narrative content and they haven't worked out how they need to weight that at all. So... Um, so that's odd. Uh, I think that's... Like, those are kind of the main beefs. Just that, like, they've... There's a lot of being led around by the nose, by this tutorial system that is still just teaching you how to find the new fuel for the new thing. Um, and that stuff is is baked hard into the game. Mm. But, you know, around that, all of the, you know, the space travel, the space combat is now actually really fun. I accidentally shot some guys down because... I thought I was told to go and find some pirates and a spaceship flew by that had a very sinister name. It was called like the Queen's Blade and I was like, well that's, that's a, pirate. a pirate. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I shot him down and then I found out that the like friendly robots that I'd been selling my my stuff to didn't like me as much after that. So I think technically I'm a pirate now. Yes. Um which I guess is cool. Like that's that's how you should become a pirate <laughs> accidentally. I think that's ab- commit to it. Yeah, I'm going to lean into it for Definitely. now. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, in real life as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, it also um, it it is very very good at creating weird atmospheres. Now, um, you know, before it was like here's a whimsical planet, here's a weird thing. Here, they've they've done some really cool, ominous alien style stuff, right? Um, where if you go to you know an otherwise dead world and find a space station on there it's probably going to be covered in slime and there's probably going to be like weird eggs there and i don't want to tell you like not to look face first at the weird eggs (laughs) i'm so concerned about the weird eggs now lee yeah look i mean what what can i say the weird eggs have 
they're incredibly valuable what's inside the weird egg it's just that i don't know whether you really should risk going to a strange dead world and going to the only like the only uh, you know building on the entire planet that is full of slime and, and weird eggs and then taking those eggs out of there like probably a bad idea did i you, think did you get killed i didn't get killed but i was chased for a while because <laughs> <laughs> i i know how how this works like yeah. you end up doing a thing you're like i'm just minding my own business i'm just i'm just mining rocks i'm just what are these ro- why are there robots around why yeah, are they, yeah. why are they shooting at me what's so, happening so here's the thing the robots like they're annoying they're fine they're nothing to do with the weird eggs Weird eggs. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those, so there are basically the GTA cops that stop you from having too much fun when you're mining in, uh, in No Man's Sky, <laughs> right? Are just these like flying, uh, Roombas with a camera that <laughs> scan you. That's all they are, yeah. And uh, until you do a thing and then they're like, cool, pew pew. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like just three of them turn up and they're just really annoying. And I, like, I, I don't understand why the game doesn't want me to have fun. Uh, sometimes, you know, like, here's a planet covered in dilithium crystals. You want those, right? Like, I guess. And then you get shot. Yeah. Like, so as soon as rude. I, yeah. As soon as I start mining, this thing turns up and he's like, don't do that. Not on my planet. Honestly. Yeah. Annoying. Annoying. And no fun to kill because it's just an orb. Who cares? Like, there are dog ones that turn up if you kill enough of the orbs, but, like, start with dogs and then go to even weirder ones. If you want to combat my fun, do it with more fun. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't send, like, a box with a camera lens on it to shoot me every time I'm trying to engage with your, your resource management. Uh, this got weird and snarky, but overall, I still really, really enjoy this, and I think that it's an incredibly positive change. I should also add that they've added... Uh, multiplayer that just works now into the game nice um and uh my probably the most memorable experience that i had with it was while i was still trying to work out like how the jetpack works without like getting blasted by acid rain i was just in like you know the first few hours of whatever the tutorial thinks it is uh, a friend of mine who has been playing for about 18 months just blasted into the solar system i was in landed on the planet in front of me looked way cooler than i did had an amazing (laughs) ship waved at me while i'm there like melting from acid rain (laughs) scanned a bunch of creatures that i probably should have scanned got all those resources and then just took off took off what an amazing prank that is i've been trolled across a galaxy (laughs) so um i guess that's a really good place to end it where can people find um no man's sky next it is out on the three main ones yes yes it is on the pc you can get it through steam you can get it uh it is on gog but the multiplayer doesn't work so they're offering refunds there oh Uh, it is on the playstation and on the xbox as well uh it is it is good it's a dramatic change and one for the better i think it's worth if you want to go to space this is the place beautiful uh that actually brings us to the end of the show thank you so much for that Lee no worries we'll be back next week same time same place we'll see you real soon